Welcome to the Evening Gamer. I'm Taylor. And I'm Guy. I was about to say I am clenching because that's my gamer tag at the moment. Are you are you going out with that? Are you telling the world about that? You're going to get ads well, and everything. There's also like 58 other I am clenching. So good luck, everyone. But yeah, I'm Taylor and that's Guy. All right. Okay. Way to start an episode. Episode three. Here we go. And this is the Evening Gamer, which I think I've already said. I think you have. I think they know. Episode three. Yeah, we're jumping on into it. Before we do, we hope you enjoyed our intro music. That was a laugh. I enjoyed making that. I thought that was good fun. Love the cowbell. The cowbell at the end was my idea, which is about the only idea I had in the whole thing. So good. Um, kind of just adding to the fact that we don't take ourselves too seriously. Yes. I, I, the, the whispering in the mic was an idea of yours, which I really enjoyed, but I'm fearful that people are going to mishear that and uh, think we're saying something else. It's actually so funny. We kind of had the music and we were like, it's missing something. Remember we had the drum, yeah, we, we did, had the music yeah. going, and we were like, this is fucking missing something. And you were like... <gasps> Oh no, I said, let's do, let's just whisper the game on. <laughs> and then you were like, yes. And then you were like, put a cowbell at the end. And here we are. So that's the intro fucking music. I have listened to that a few times back and it does make me laugh every time. So I think I'm, if, as long as I'm laughing, then I'm happy. After we recorded, right? Yeah. It's almost my new ringtone at the moment. Um, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Just before we get started. We do have an email. It's info at theeveninggamer.com.au. It'll be in every episode's description. Reason we're mentioning this is we want to have a really, I suppose, part of the conversation podcast moving forward with anyone that's listening. So feel free to email in any tips. Uh, we're very much learning this skill as we're going, and we yeah. want we want you guys to be listening, following, liking, leaving reviews, giving us feedback. That's how we want to move yeah. forward. Yeah, and I think maybe we even have like a new section aside from you know the correct me if I'm wrong, where we actually sort of address some of the the emails in and you know sort of talk back to you guys within the podcast. You know, and I think it's sort of really important that if you are sticking with us and enjoying the journey, that you know we're going to sort of pay dividends back to the people who listen. That's it. And this episode is very much back to our original structure. Um, so we're doing two reviews or we're doing correct me if I'm wrong and then we're going into two reviews and we're doing questions from a hat and then yeah let's get stuck in let's get stuck in all um, right correct me if I'm wrong is one of mine I'm, I'm taking the lead on this one we've discussed this you haven't got one this week you've been don't know. Put perfect and mine was uh, listening back I think even to the first episode the sort of questions from a hat was sort of the hardest boss fight and I had quite the monologue on sort of being the first in the door and, you know, that millennia fight and how f hard it was. And I had a realization of going like the key to beating millennia was to roll into her, whereas I talked about rolling away from her. I got it the wrong way around. So forgive me on that one. And I did beat her. I should clarify on that. And to be honest, I actually think back on it. I deserve some props because the entire of that fucking game, I beat every optional fucking boss I never worked out rolling into the enemy and I ducked and weaved and rolled backwards like a coward the whole way through. I was going to say, I wonder if this is actually a legitimate corrections or if that's just how you played the game and you didn't know, <laughs> you didn't I, know I the honestly, combat yeah, well, I, Oh man, I, it, was, it was a fumble. It was a fumble at the best of times, you know. And, uh, but I think, I think it is like, you know, everybody says you roll into the, the A-frames, you roll into them. Mm. That was sort of the way a lot of these boss fights, you could beat them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was very dodge. It was very dodge heavy combat but there was also parry i never mastered the parry. i, ne I never mastered the parry nah. i never got it down it wasn't this, it wasn't as much parry based as like sekiro and other souls games that i've played so yeah you know i mean in the game i'm going to talk about today there is parrying in that one and very satisfying parrying that i did do a lot better but elden ring i just never cracked that one speaking of that 
Let's go into the games that we're reviewing. Yes. I am doing Lords of the Fallen. Now, there's Lords of the Fallen 1 that came out in 2014, but I'll be talking about the latest, which was October 2023. Nice, nice. We, we have talked about it separately, sort of. You've recommended it to me, and it is on my list, although admittedly quite far down it. And I'm going to be talking about Jedi Survival... Survival? Jedi Survivor 2023. Lovely. Well... Mate, I think you're up. For, I think I've gone first the last two weeks. I think oh, yeah. you're okay. up to all go right. first. All right. Here we go. Okay. So Jedi Survivor, I'll get the name right this time. Uh, twenty twenty three. It came out last year. Action adventure game sequel to the predecessor, whatever the hell that one was called. Done by Respawn and EA. Um, and it it came out. It was like generally favorable reviews. I really enjoyed the first one. Sort of after last week where I shot on Warhammer forty k nerds. You know, Jedi Survivor often or Jedi Star Wars often gets a bit of flack as well. But I am a, I am a fan. You know, I enjoyed the first three movies. The second three movies. Weirdly enough, I enjoyed the second three movies a fair bit. Although Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord and we all know it. And then the uh, next three movies were absolutely dog shit. But anyway, these games, you know, they're in the universe. Cal Kestis is the uh, hero in them. Um, the sequel sort of opened up a lot more stances, just continued the story. And it, it's it, for me, it was like playing like a movie, just sort of going through this world and enjoying it. The exploration was great. And there was a for me playing that game, the missing part, the, the my criticism of it, if you have played it, was that despite the fact they opened it up significantly more from the first one, the first one often had rather linear paths. This one was a fair bit more open world. It had some sort of uh, you know material, uh, sort of you'd, you'd collect things and level up and that sort of stuff, but. I guess I'm such an RPG now, you know, and, and looking at Elden Ring as an example of this, of just the the sheer, it wasn't enough sort of leveling up and changing of the character. And, and even though they'd done a much better job of it, of the, the, the lightsaber tailoring and all the rest of it, and there was five stances, so they really did add to it. It still just wasn't enough for me, you know, it, and the, the world itself was new and different, but... I just feel like it was a little bit kind of paint by numbers. You know, I, I, I enjoyed, there was a few great sort of sequences that were, there were some tough fights in there, but nothing, you know, sort of that would take you all night like an Elden Ring boss. But yeah, it was it was a good game. And I'm, I'm really trying with my game reviews not to do sort of your headline acts, so to speak, and kind of go a little bit more off this off-Broadway because the headline acts, you know, pretty much everybody's played. I'm playing um, BG3 at the minute, Baldur's Gate 3, and geez, that's taken up a fair bit of my time and eventually I'll review it. But Jedi Survivor was a good game. I enjoyed it. There's talk of there being a sequel coming out uh, in the not-too-distant future that's sort of going to be genned up a little bit with different things. And a part of the reason I guess I, I wanted to talk about Jedi Survivor and sort of be the game I reviewed this week is that this year there is another Star Wars game coming out called Outlaws. Um, expected this year, but unlike this being sort of a Respawn title, and as we all know, Taylor and I are fans of the Respawn company with you know Apex being their sort of marquee game. Yep. Is uh, this other game is going to be Star Wars Outlaws done by Ubisoft. So talking of sort of the, the you know, the sort of the best open world sort of building company, you know, you, one could say that Ubisoft is in the conversation, you know, with its Assassin's Creeds and, you know, Far Cry, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they've certainly got a fair few of those around. But, you know, this, this Star Wars Outlaws, I think it looks good and I am excited for it. I, I think it will tick more of my boxes than this Jedi Survivor one did. On that, two thoughts I have. 
The first one is a kind of a question for you around RPGs these days and how much of a part like upgrading and looting and picking a build, how much of a huge part that is because did you get bored in this game? I did at times. Yeah, I did. And do you attribute that to the fact that it was kind of like, oh, the, the only thing I have to do is the next kind of level area. I don't really have any motivation to go back to a previous area and grind away so I can get that piece of gear or I can, you know, get that separate ending, stuff like that. Uh, I mean, this game, separate to a lot of games who do fall into that trap, did a good job of s- sort of progressive things opening up whereby you go back into an area, but you've now got a new skill that allows you to get into a section that previously you couldn't get into. So it would really encourage the going back and redoing over old levels and you would find new things that you didn't do the first time around, you know, and sort of get to different sections and areas. So it, it oddly enough, did a really good job and, you know, the the collecting of loot, I, that part though is, as I said, an element that I really require now to kind of scratch that itch of sort of the collectionist element of it. And like within Jedi Survivor, there was this whole sequence where you'd you'd find these glowing orbs and you'd go into what's felt like a training drill kind of environment and have to fight through what was some of the most intense battles like two giant monsters or you'd have to do a huge sort of platforming sequence which was notorious of people just being so frustrated with why did you make it that hard you know and and you'd certainly feel a level of satisfaction to complete it uh, you know re sort of an Elden ring kind of boss thing about it in their own way but it just sort of it didn't add to the game at all. It was just sort of like, here's a fucking level that's really fucking hard. Go fuck yourself. You know, it was how I kind of felt about it. <laughs> you know, I haven't played this game yet and I've looked at it a few times because it is on Xbox. Mm. It is available to play on Microsoft. The reason why I haven't downloaded it yet is because I'm quite disappointed about how they went about combat in this game. Okay. Like for me, a Jedi is someone that doesn't get touched. Like, it's it's technical combat from a Jedi. Yeah. And it, you might be sitting there thinking, well, how, does a, how do game developers create combat where it's very tactical, it's not overly aggressive, parrying's a huge part. And I always come back to a game I recently played, Lies of P. Did it perfectly. It took some adapting. Yeah. But that's kind of what kept me from downloading this game and giving it a go. Every time I watched, it was like everyone, would, you know, you as a Jedi, you were getting hammered. And it was really aggressive and you could aggro bosses. And I was like, that's just not Jedi combat to me. Yeah, it's interesting. Like one-on-one, it was quite technical and you'd have to pick the right stance for the right enemy and, and you know, click the right move set at the right moments. But as soon as you started entering in, uh, you know, three, four, five stormtroopers and a couple of these fucking, you know, sort of crazy guys or whatever, it, it broke apart. You know, you were sort of quite on the back foot and you were jumping around, dashing, dodging. You know, and it, it, by the end game, you became really familiar with it, the learning curve on it, picking the right move set for the right moment. But uh, there were so many moments where I'd just be dropped into a pit fighting some giant fucking frog and just be like, you know, the. the what am I doing? <laughs> Why yeah, am I it's here? sort of exactly like. Also, I've you never, know, I, didn't, I don't remember seeing a fucking frog in Star Wars. Well, no, I mean, like, you know, there is, there is, you know, sort of, what, what was that? In Star Wars 1, he drops down the chute in Jabba's palace ah, and there's yeah, that yeah, giant yeah, fucking yeah. Kilgore or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've just shown my nerd hand on that one, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. So, rating. Rating, rating yeah. Review, mate. Rating for it. Uh, I mean, look, so what, you know, the one game I have done, Returnal, obviously knocked it out of the park. So, this one, it's a sequel. It's a sequel that didn't do more. It did a little bit more than the, the predecessor. So, I'm going to put it, at like a fucking seven. There you go, seven. So before you buy, 
combat's a bit aggressive. There's really not much, you know, character development. The looting system maybe isn't the best. And what, it got a bit mundane throughout. It kind of did. Like, you know, if you played the first one, you enjoyed that. It's more of the same. You know, you've got to sort of, I reckon you have to play the first one to even bother with the second one, you know, which, you know, they're talking about doing a trilogy. Fair enough. Makes sense. Why would you enter into Mass Effect 3 if you haven't played the first two? But, you know, yeah, it's, it's a seven. It's solid. It's sound. But it's a seven. Nice. Any final thoughts on that? Well, I've, I've, I feel like I've wrapped it up twice yeah, now. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. All right. Well, I'll, look, I'll jump straight into mine um, before we get to questions in a hat. I'm doing Lords of the Fallen, as I said. Uh, so as I already said as well, this was October 2023. So a very kind of new release. Yes. I remember I was in Europe at the time that it dropped and I saw it on a billboard in Paris and I was like, oh, I'm going to get home and I'm going to fucking play that game. Yeah, right. Because I remember seeing the trailer and being like, finally, that there, there looks to be a game between Elden Ring and Elden Ring DLC that might scratch the itch. And I can say right now, Hexworks and CI Games, I think personally, did a pretty fucking good job here. Um. Now, throughout the community, there's been a lot of grievances, and I'll get into those, but a bit about the story. You kind of start as a soldier with the ability to be a lamp bearer. So you have this kind of special lamp that can look into an umbral realm, essentially. Like, if you think the perfect kind of way to explain this is if you've ever watched Stranger Things, you know how they have their realm and then the upside down? Yeah. It's very much like that. Your lamp gives you the ability to look into the upside down realm. So I really liked that because at any point in time, you can change your environment, change the enemies that you're fighting and everything like that. Now, your main quest is kind of a little bit vanilla in my opinion. It was just to go around and defeat the bosses and um, change the beacons from being red beacons to being, you know, yellow beacons, beacons of light and hope. Um, You know, it's something that we've done before, but the bosses were fucking good in this game, man. Okay. It was it was the perfect balance between difficulty and there were some bosses where you just had to have the right luck, like the right run through. Like you've, I'm sure that everyone listening and you've come up against a boss in an RPG where you die and you sit there and you go, what can I do to make sure that the next time I defeat this boss or, or try and fight this boss, I can actually beat it? And you sit back and you go, I just need a good luck a good lucky run through mm. where my parries are on point, where my dodging is on point and I need to get my shots in, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back some racing games back in the day of like burnout where you got a Formula One car and you got to get down like the Italian fucking espinards and you have to nail every fucking corner, every fucking acceleration point. And I used to get so shat off where you fucking do a corner wrong. So I, I think there is a level of enjoyment in that, you know, with those kind of styles. Yeah, 100%. And it, and it gets you straight into the lore as well. So the first boss, which is probably one of the most spoken about that you actually come across is Pieta. And she's this boss that has huge surface area. She has combat and spell skills and it's a really hard fight and it kind of preps you for what the game's all about and you get some really good gear from her as well. So like a great introduction to the game. They did really well from the lore and the challenge of it from that side of things. In terms of the areas, really good cinematic experience. The cutscenes before the bosses were fantastic. Um, if you're a cutscene skipper, I can guarantee you wouldn't be skipping any of the cutscenes in this game. The graphics and the designs and the enemy builds were the, that typical Souls-like middle finger to the gamer kind of, you can't just aggro these 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 enemies, you're going to have to get through them. And it was somewhat a linear game, but the areas had enough variety and variability that it was like, I'm on board with this. Like, I never got bored of this game. The builds 
very much made sense. It's very much uh, aligned with the Souls genre that you had to pick, you know, the dexterity or the heavy build or were you going to be a mage? Like, what were you going to do? What were you going to focus on? It made perfect sense to me. The loot upgrades, which is something that we just, just discussed in Jedi Survivor. Lords of the Fallen got this bang on. You're really selling it to me, like you know. I'm I'm sort of listening. To you talk about it, going. I'm I'm. You kind of maybe I'm going to give it a go. Now. The negatives are coming. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I spoke just, too soon. It's it's one of those games where I want to, as someone that really loved it because of what turned me off it, I want to kind of sit here and bitch about it. But when I think back on this game, I had tons of fun, and mm. like when I woke up every morning. I kind of knew how much time I had that day to game and the only thing I was looking forward to playing was Lords of the Fallen. I mean, if it's getting in your psyche like that, then yeah, it's a good game. Yeah, and here's why. They had separate endings. So they did that decision-making of the character perfectly where it's like, which route are you going to go? Do you want to kill this person or do you not? Do you want to you know, uh, do you want to use the umbrella here or do you want to use the lamp? It's like, choose because it's going to affect your ending. Um, now, a lot of players play in line with the ending that they want. I don't. I like running through a game and being like, I'm going to play it based on my own decisions you know, as an RPG gamer and see what, landing, you, you know, see what um, kind of ending I land on. But also something that really got its hooks in to me in this game was the multiplayer system. And I've got two sides of this, you know, a a very green grass side of the fence and a fucking deep muggy swamp. Um, The green side of it was that they had multiplayer currency, which essentially you could invade someone very much like Elden Ring in their realm, essentially on their server. And if you killed them, you got severed hands and you could spend those severed hands on loot that was only redeemable through that currency so like they had this element of the game that was like hey there's a fun way to grind loot if you want to give it a go and it fucking hooked me man like there was some hours where i just sat there invading people but the lag the frame drop and sometimes the level difference was fucking nothing short of dog shit and they released this part of the game way too early they didn't have a roadmap. They didn't. They clearly didn't play test it a lot uh, as to how the you know overseas global gamer would really interact with it, and it was why I put it down. I eventually said I'm going to get that one piece of armor with the severed hands, and then I'm turning this game off. It sounds like they kind of really did a bit of a rip on Elden Ring with the, the sort of invasion and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, but how else do you do it? You know, like you can't. Um, how many times can you reinvent the wheel when it comes to things like that? Like sometimes there are just a game. That does it. There's, there's just a game that does it perfectly, and everyone kind of has to take their own shape. And it was yeah. slightly different, um, but they, they, they got there was a, a lot of work that needed to be done. And I think a red flag for any gamer is when you're playing a game and there's constant patch notes, constant updates as you're playing it. Like every week, there was an update for Lords of the Fallen because the play gaming community was like, "This is shit. Fucking fix it." Yeah. And so they would have another patch. And but having said that, fucking loved this game. It hooked me, played hours and hours and hours, got through it, loved the ending, the bosses, the environment, the looting system, the builds, the progression. Fantastic. So I would give this a solid 8.3. 8.3. Are, are we getting into points now? Did we do it? Did I, did I do 9.5 for Returnal? Should uh, I just you shut did, my, you, shut you, the you did 9.5 for Returnal, but I think you just did a flat 7 for Jedi. <laughs> yeah, I did. It, was a, it was a real flat 7. Hey man, don't shit on my... Well, hey, eight point three. I mean, we're going to put this up on a spreadsheet one I day. I just feel like eight point five is too high for it, and eight and eight point <laughs> zero is too low. <laughs> Fair enough. So, question for you with the build. So, like, and you know, I reckon we're referring it to Elden Ring a fair bit. There, you know, there is obviously similarities there. You know, sort of esque of that style. But 
I want to come back to the builds because I felt with Elden Ring that there was one build that kind of trumped all, which was the magic build. And everybody kind of, maybe in your first couple of playthroughs, focused that a lot. And I focused a strength build in Elden Ring. So in Lords of the Fallen, is there an S-tier build that it almost, you feel funneled down or is any build viable to beat any boss? I think in these games, mage builds are always, it's kind of like the noob tube of Souls genres. Yeah. You, you know, back in the day, Modern Warfare 2, where you'd be around, you'd be running around trying to quick scope everyone, and there would be that one fuckwit mm. with a fucking grenade launcher on their AR, and they'd just be shooting it from spawn into spawn. And it's like, okay, you're playing the game, you found a little loophole, good on you. Yeah. Are you enjoying it? So when you played Elden Ring, what build did you run? Mate, we're going to have to do an Elden Ring episode. Oh, I know, <laughs> we, we talked about it that much. But um, no, I, I've, I like... I'm all about timing when it comes to gaming. So I'm all about the dodge. I'm all about the parry. I'm all about the dexterity and the strength. So I'm like you. I like yeah, yeah. to fight. Now, sometimes I'll go back and if there's a spell that I really like, like a healing spell or like a fire spell that I really like and it looks cool, I'll go back and I'll grind for it, you okay. know, to get enough coins to kind of have that upgrade. Um, but I typically am a dexterity strength build all the fucking way. Yeah, true. How much time did you spend on that cliff shooting that stupid fucking bird to fall off the cliff? <laughs> oh, to grind the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, at least five hours. I fucking spent a bit on that stupid cliff. Using those fucking... Um, what was it? Those uh, like cicadas that gave you more coins as well? Oh, yeah, kill. yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, uh, that's... You know, Elden Ring can't get annoyed about that. Did you feel bad you killing all the turtles or whatever those little blue men around there no, were? I don't, I don't <laughs> feel bad killing anything in a fucking game, mate. <laughs> mate I can't I'm wait the type of dude on GTA that walks around, I'll shoot dogs. I oh, of course you are. <laughs> well, I can't wait for the day where AI like comes into games and you're just killing NPCs and they're like, what about my family? I wake up in GTA 6 on time, I'm just getting chased by a horde <laughs> of fucking stray dogs. You're gonna, the police are going to turn up in real life. Like, you got problems. AI comes into gaming, it actually makes it that intelligent. That would be an I interesting mean, little change Have you up. seen those clips where it's like they, they've got AI in NPCs and there's people playing it and asking them questions being like, do you know you're in a video game? And the AI is like responding to them real time. It's not far away. It's crazy. I mean, if you think about like chat, chat, whoa, chat GTP. Yes. Something I never used until recently to help me write a resume. Bucket, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, right. You give it like three seconds and five bullet points and it writes you an essay. Like, where was this when we were in school? I mean, what school oh, kids man. are doing with chat JTP now? Yeah, but I mean like that, you know, I think that's a damnation on the generations that beneath really us. That, is. Like it's doing what the heavy creativity? lifting for them. We're really, we're swearing off topic here pretty we hard. We really are. This is a gaming podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, I want to get political fucking here. AI. I've just buried every generation beneath us. Um, yeah, so look, um, I know that a lot of people, I've, I've seen on Reddit a lot of people saying, should I get it? And yes, mate, get it. Like if Lords of the Fallen. If you yeah, Lords of the Fallen. That is sorry. If you if you found yourself asking the question that you've looked into it enough and you're going, should I get this? Taylor on the evening gamer says yes. You won't regret it. Worth All right, every penny. Okay, seal of approval. Okay. All right. Well, questions in a heart. I feel like they were two quick reviews. Yeah. So do I. We kind yeah, of knocked it out. I think it's it interesting out. when you do a game that you're not too keen on. It's you know, quick. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah, this and that. Well, we'll have to work on that. Yeah, I think. We'll to, I mean, but also it can't. All, it well, can't at the always same be time. I think our viewers, our listeners, will be like, "Can you shut up about it? Like, if you didn't like it that much, just hurry up for the next part." <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. But we can't. We need to play both sides. We can't always do games that we played and loved. True. You know. Yeah. We true. We need to give gamers insight a or fair, a fair to, to say things yeah. that resonate with them. So I'm all about it. All right. Questions from a hat. You want to draw mine and, and read it to me? Yes. Okay. What I've got for you is: Which game did you wish had a sequel but doesn't? <laughs> I mean, so many games have sequels. What's a game that I play? Oh, okay. That's easy. 
know what it is? It's Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds? Not Outer Worlds. Outer Wilds. You, you've been telling me to play that game for a while. Do you think you're going to review that game at some point? I'm definitely going to review this game at some okay. point because it's really close to my heart. And I think okay. you know why I love it so much is that I was sitting there. I just finished Valhalla. I wasn't really playing Apex at the time. I was like, I need a little cheeky game here. Just before we go on with Valhalla, did you fucking 100% that little fucking kind of a game? <sighs> I think it's impossible to 100% that fucking game. Like, am, wait, am I, like, uh, here's the th- let's talk about, hang on. Because there's a lot of people that would flaunt their little fucking platinum badges on PS5 and be like, I 100% of the game. It's like, no, you got all the achievements in that game. Difference. <laughs> now, 100%ing for me is like, where do you set the bar around 100%ing a game? Because like, here's a perfect example, right? Tears of the Kingdom, I'm very close to 100%. But for me as a gamer, I consider 100% all missions, main quests, side missions, um, all gear, Collection gear that, yeah. fully upgraded gear and finding all those fucking Korok seeds, oh, mate. That's 100% to me. Don't even talk to me about Korok seeds, So that's man. 100% to me, but what do you think is 100%? Because I reckon there'd be gamers out there that's like, I finished the main game and the main quest. That's 100%. And I just... I mean, like, like I, think, I think the division agree. the division on the 100% is like, did you get all the achievements or did you do everything in the game? And I mean, most of the games will, they'll coincide. You know, to get 100% of the game done, you'll get all the achievements. You know, they, they do wrap them together. Occasionally they don't, but... Yeah, I mean, those, don't don't even talk to me about those Korok seeds. That was like, I, I pretty much sold my Switch because of those fucking Korok seeds. You did sell your Switch. I remember so that annoying. weekend. It was a sad weekend. And I don't know why I was doing like an eight-year-old voice before. I apologize for that. I don't know. But, well, yeah, uh, well, I th- I'm pretty sure I just said the C word before. Are we allowed to swear <laughs> to that level? Like, I know. Yeah, we're an explicit podcast. It's fine. Oh, wonderful. Um, you asked me if I 100%ed Outer Wilds. Uh, no, I was sort of Assassin's Creed, you know, because oh, I know they yeah. did a lot of DLCs. Nah, there was man. a lot of additional stuff in that, you know. See, for um, me, a hundred percenting Assassin's Creed Valhalla would have been going through every city and getting every gold piece in every area. Yeah. And I just, I think at some point I was like, I loved this game, really enjoyed it. We'll, we'll review that in another episode. But at some point, I was like, I'm just not willing to do I, that. I had the same thing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a big hundred percenter if I'm enjoying the game, and you know, pretty much every Assassin's Creed going back, I, I would have done that, and fuck, I would have collected all the stupid gold and shit. But in that one, it was just a bridge too far i i didn't i, I lost I, I fell out of love with it i remember riding those fucking horses across some marshes in england somewhere and i fell asleep playing the game it's quite rare that i'll fall asleep playing a fucking video game but I mean, it put me to sleep fall asleep though i was sitting in my gaming chair <laughs> and i woke nick- up and my horse was just sat there looking at me going like are, are we doing this or what Isn't one of your nicknames baby legs are we? Are we? How, how personal legs. are we getting here? I mean, I've nicknamed you Two Step before. Let's yeah, you have called me Two Step before. That's when I was in my texting phase. <laughs> Remember that? Um, no, but can I go back to talking about Outer Wilds? Yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Well, if um, you're going to review it, though, should, do you really want to talk well, about it? I'm just saying, like, I, wish what's, what's had a, the, I wish it had a sequel. Okay, That's my yeah, game. Okay, and, so that's your top one. What's your number two, then? Let's go to number two. Number two that I wish number had a sequel. Number two, you wish had a sequel, but doesn't. I'm going to say Sekiro. Sekiro? Do you think it will have a sequel? I mean, Sekiro's coming up to... I mean, maybe. I think it was it was pretty well played and rated well. But I feel like a lot of these devs, they'll almost push out like a sequel rework, but with, a, with completely different lore. But when you're playing it, you go, this has the mechanics and the skeleton of Sekiro. Is it, you know? Sekiro the same company as Elden Ring? Was that same, same or I different? I think Sekiro is actually Hexworks as well. So yeah, very close uh-huh. to Lords of the Fallen. Don't quote yeah. me on that. I haven't looked it up. Uh, we can pick it up next week and the correct me if I'm wrong. months since I've played it. But Sekiro was one of those games where halfway through I was like, I can't wait to finish this. 
and then once I'd finished it being like I wish I hadn't finished that yet we I don't know if we said it in a previous episode but like you know I'm I'm uh, this year this year maybe in a little bit last year I, I came to the conclusion that I'm going to stop rushing games and yeah. I'm going to try harder to enjoy them because a good game is so few and far between nowadays that you know if, if you rush it you kind of go ah why did I do that you know I, I should have enjoyed it a little bit more while I was doing it yeah and it's just the achievement driven gamer thing that we all have which is like you know the best thing i can do here is beat this game yeah because that's the best way to appreciate it but you can't avoid it you get to the secure is a hard game yeah it's a hard game so i had those very hard game the combat is it's it's the opposite of what we just said in jedi it's you need to figure this boss out you can't aggro them you'll get made it you'll get folded into your pockets if you fucking try and aggro bosses in that game but at the end I was like, it's kind of one of those things where you don't know what you're in until it's finished. Yeah. Once I'd finished, I was like, I wish there was huge DLC or a sequel. Coming back to the Lords of the Fallen just quickly, when you were traversing the world in between the big moments and the boss battles, did you enjoy the exploration of that world? Yeah, definitely. The good thing that they did is that you'd be in an early area and you'd notice a door and the door's locked. And like for me... I'm like, I'm going to search 360 up and down because there's got to be a way to get in this door while I'm running through it. And then all of a sudden, you'd be 10 hours further into the game in terms of progression and you'd come down an elevator and you'd come out that door. Ah, And it's like, sick. And then you kind of think, well, the game obviously wants me to do this area again and you'd find new things. Yeah, nice. So, and the good thing about these games is, do you remember in Elden Ring they had like the round the table, the round table that yeah, was yeah, off yeah. map that you'd go yeah. to. It had something very similar to that. It had okay. like a home base, home hub where all your NPCs would be and you you know, anyone that plays Souls games will know that after you do anything major in one of those games, you go back to that area, you talk to all the NPCs to progress their, their Story, quests level and all that. Up, yeah. So you constantly find yourself going back Mm. And then rerunning few areas because yeah. you might have missed something and now you're at the strength where you can actually achieve it. Because I just like, we've, we've talked about 100%ing a game in this episode. And I just, as you were talking before, had a bit of a realization of what makes an S tier game, a top tier game, is when you are traversing the world in between things, you enjoy those moments. I just talked about falling asleep with Assassin's Creed riding that fucking horse around. Uh, the, the Returnal game. I had great fun traversing that world. See, was, Elden Ring, great yeah. fun traversing that world. Red Dead Redemption 2, phenomenal traversing that world. It's so true. It's And I'd say the opposite of Valhalla. It's like I found the story, especially the big invasions that you did on those different cities and stuff, relatively boring and similar and the same. Mm. It was actually riding out of my horse and doing the little puzzles and finding the, the sister witches that I fucking really enjoyed. There you go. Yeah. So, your question. Let's do your question. I'm keen for it. All right, you ready? Here it is. Best weapon from any game that you've used. And if you want me to go first, like you think, I can. Um, geez, best weapon. I mean, you know, you could go back so many games, so many, you know, unique weapons that you've got. You know, I mean, what's going through my mind? You got the Half Life. You know, the port portal. You know, geez, that portal game with the the fucking that was revolutionary. Pick a um, weapon. I, after this question, I'm going to set the parameters. Okay, here we go. I want you to pick a weapon that when you picked it up, the game was like you could feel the game say, "Here you go." Oh, you know, you you've done the work. Sure. Here's the thing. 
go out and enjoy doing this because there's not many moments in games that they want you to do that anymore. You know, they games and good games are a constant grind. You know, the the the, the enemies they usually scale with you. It's constantly difficult. But there are moments in some games where it's like, here's the weapon. Now just go out and enjoy it for a moment. Yeah. Okay. You know? Okay. 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 I mean, I'm going to go with, and this is a recent one. I'm on the spot. So, you know, it, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a game we played together. I think there was a, when we were playing Remnant 2, we did it separately, the single player, but we then did the DLC together. And when we rocked up in the same world, we kind of looked at each other's rigs and compared what weapons we had and these kind of things. And I remember there was one gun I was really keen on getting that was sort of a kind of shot like a black hole kind of gun thing and the look of this gun like it had these two hands with a with a orb in the middle of it and the hands would move like i i really always enjoy guns that have a level of like interactiveness about it where you you, you know it's not just like here's a fucking ak it does what it does where you know like in a gta you know you've got the bullet pop and all the rest of it but those remnant 2 guns were unique they were different when you found them you were like really interested in them the downside on remnant 2 and i'm sort of almost veering into a review on this one is because of the leveling up system you'd get it and be like to then grind to make it viable you know for whatever part of the game you're in is quite a journey back even with the selling and purchasing of the materials necessary for it it was annoying you know, and like, I, it never made me want to drop the gun that I'd spent the entire game leveling up, which, uh, to be fair, I got the first gun, and I think I stuck with the first gun pretty much the whole fucking game. Do you remember what the gun was called? Oh, no. no there are a few good guns. or something like that? Jeez, We'll have to do that in, like, correct me if I'm wrong next week. Because yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. There's someone still playing Remnant 2 that might be like, what gun is it? You know? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, geez, you know, we we should. We, I mean, do we do we do an episode on Remnant Two at some point? We yeah, did we definitely play it together. Will. Yeah. Me though, for that question, yes, was Doom Eternal. Yes, the Crucible Blade. The Crucible, Crucible Blade, Crucible Blade, Crucible Blade. Yeah, yeah. And it's this, it's this moment in the game. You're probably eighty percent through that game, and you find this handle, and you dip it in this like eternal pit of lava, and you pull out this. And there's a sick cutscene for it. It's actually on my gaming Instagram. You pull out this blade and then the game goes, jump into this fight and I'll pretty much give you unlimited ammo to use this weapon. And you just, nothing stands. It's a one hit kill. It's like getting the laser and zombies back in, you know, the old COD days. You just fucking plow through about 80 enemies with this crucible blade. And I was like, I was geeking out doing that. I was like, this is fucking sick nice all right i mean it's a good answer you know i feel like if i wasn't on the spot i might you know go a bit deeper on this one and i'm just sort of thinking through other ones but no it's a, it's a good answer it's a good answer that is um that's the difficulty with doing the questions from a hat it is isn't it's it I know. it's really raw we you know kind of beat around the bush a little it, bit it's it, it sort of you know what it does it tests our gaming knowledge you know because it's it's we're, we're recording it live live ish you know that sort of to be put on the spot like that with sort of a you know what's what sequel of a game did you want to fucking have you know it really does put you on the spot yeah and actually you know what i'm going to throw this out to anyone listening look we're, obviously we're just starting we don't know how many people are going to be listening to this at the moment but if you are listening and if you're a gamer this is a question that would resonate with a lot of people email us info at the eveninggamer.com.au what was your weapon that you just fucking love that you picked up and you're like, I 
want to continue playing this game forever because this fucking weapon exists. I love that. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. You and know, you know what? Yeah. If you're right in, we'll read it out and discuss it in the next episode. Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's really good. I've just thought of another one, which is fucking the Master Sword in Zelda. Oh, you yeah. know, I mean, that, that was a moment. But, oh, yeah. I mean, you know. especially in Ocarina of Time and you actually get it for the first time. It's like, because yeah. you just have that short little blade of the forest at first. Yeah, you, you do. Yeah. You kind of get a big level up in Ocarina of Time and you pull that thing out of the stone. Yeah, that is a, that is yeah. sick. I, I I we joked about this before, you know, not on a podcast where you know the you know Breath of the Wild when that came out, I pretty much bought a Switch for it, and I was trying to hundred percent it was went looking for the Korok seeds, and didn't really realize what I was undertaking at the time, and it ruined the game for me. You know, I, I focused on that for some stupid fucking reason, then I sold my Switch because I was just so shut off with it. And I've done myself a disservice. The sequel's fantastic, apparently. I don't think the Korok Seeds are something that you're actually... The game that they want you to go after. No, There's it's a joke. There's 600 of them. What it is, is it's like you're going to encounter these Korok Seeds throughout your journey and they're actually going to help you because it's going to increase your inventory That's right. capacity. Yeah, yeah. But and then if you collect all of them, you get some shit item anyway. And they, yeah, they want them to be accessible enough and around the map enough that you come across them accidentally and when yeah. you do need to increase your inventory capacity, it's not a problem. I don't yeah. think that 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 the Korok Seeds were put into that game to all be found. Yeah, I mean, opinion. I remember I went looking for them and I would end up in areas that I shouldn't be in just purely looking for Korok Seeds and thinking to myself, I'll come back here eventually and I never did. Yeah, it kind, of, kind of takes away from the main, the main quest line, I suppose, a bit. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're going to put collectibles in a game, don't fuck the player with doing stupid ones. And, like, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, there's people out there like me who are meticulous and a collector, you know, and I want to get it all and I want 100% if I'm enjoying the game. And then you get to the end and you go, here's a shit item, you loser. Well, yeah. I mean, Tears of the Kingdom did that a little bit, but, you know, that's for another time. (laughs) Another time. (laughs) That's for another time. And that brings us to the end of episode three. It was, I feel like it was a quick episode. We really knocked it out of the park. We've talked for f- almost 40 minutes. It feels like a quick one. I, I enjoyed this one. I liked the reviews, though. I think that Jedi Survivor knocked no one's shoes off. Lords of the Fallen had its issues, but I recommend it. Yeah. there's. Um, I'm, I'm in, just going veering off topic for a second here. I'm really excited to play some Helldivers 2. I've been seeing some game clips on that and it looks really cool. Yeah, you know what we should... We'll probably do an episode of biggest releases of 2024 and speak you know news and updates on a few of them yeah i just again veering off topic another time i realized something that like the reason why people rush these fucking games to finish them is because there's another game out that they want to fucking play it's very true that's why you tune into the evening game and to find out whether or not it's worth it very true but i I, are we gonna keep up with this because like i'm contemplating fucking parking boulders gate 3 to play helldivers 2 and i don't want to do that Look, this podcast is going to evolve. We'll find our feet. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, so far, so good. Well, with that, again, uh, the email's in the description of this episode. It's info at theeveninggamer.com.au. We'd love to hear from you. Much more to come in terms of socials and things that we're going to be pushing out over the next couple of weeks. But thank you for listening. And as always, don't be an NPC. Keep leveling up. Cheers.